So recently in culture, we see a young lady who went to social media to report an encounter she had with rapper Future. Apparently, Future inboxed her on Instagram. You know, he slid in the DMs and they got to talking. He flew her out to wherever it is that Future stays or something like that. And she thought it was just for them to chill at the studio and hang out as new Instagram friends, not knowing that Future wanted the kitty. Anyways, I'm super proud of the woman for standing her ground and not sleeping with him. She knew that she wasn't that type of girl. She let us know what happened through a series of texts. When Future found out that he wasn't going to get the kitty, he responded to her message to chill with. I'm good love. Enjoy. Thank you, Future, for giving us the curve line of 2018. This week's episode, I'm good love. Enjoy. Part one. Stay tuned. Would you look at that? I am back. Um, I know I have not been consistent with my posting of the podcast, and I really do apologize for that. Um, I don't take this podcast or the opportunity to even have listeners and to talk with you weekly for granted. It's not that, but if you don't follow me on Instagram, you're not popping. But um, you won't know that I recently started a new job and a lot of things are happening right now. A lot of things are being birthed in my life and I just don't have the time to commit to weekly posts. That being said, moving forward, I will have to just post when I can post. I don't think I can really set out a set schedule right now for posting. Um, Obviously with time, I can post more, but just because of the new job and the role that I started, it, it is a new role in the company. So it's not really learning the ropes, it's more creating the ropes. So that's what's taking most of my time, um, really laying down the foundations and setting the fundamentals of that role so it can be built upon and it can assist everybody else in the company. So that's why I'm sort of MIA um, with the podcast. I, I just don't have time. <laughs> like, you know, when you start a new job, if you're being trained, there's already things there that you're learning. So it's just picking up what you need to know. But when it's a new role, you're creating the foundation and creating the ropes and seeing how you can integrate yourself and that role into the company. It's more trial and error. Does this work? Does this not work? You have to be creative because you have to think of a new thing. So it's just, uh, it's really time consuming. So I'm, sh- I'm so I'm sure, as I um, grow in the company and as I get more comfortable in the the, the role um, and I figure out more how things work, my time will be more freed up and I can do more podcasts. But for the time being, it's kind of just going to be like when I can. So I hope you guys can understand and bear with me. But we still will get a pop in with our interactive surveys and everything like that on the Instagram page. So if you're not following, go and follow right now. I'm actually going to pause so that you can pause this and go follow. All right, let's get back into it. So for those who don't know, a little bit, a few things have changed since I last got on here. For years, I've been sharing under the brand name Sassy and Saved. But um, recently, we have changed that. Um, The brand name has changed to Luminous. 
And um, for more information on what it is and what it means, you can check out my blog, which I will link below. But just a brief description of why we did. Apparently, men don't like being called sassy. Um, sassy and Saved has been good to me and been good to all of us. But men have joined the ministry and they don't like being called sassy. I feel like men can be sassy. Do y'all know some sassy men? I know some sassy men. But they don't like that. Um, and also, um, I feel like it's more befitting for the vision and for where I really want to see the ministry go. Um, in the past couple of weeks, there has been many stories of suicide in the media, of influential people, of celebrities. And when I heard those stories, you know, it really got me thinking, you know, when I was young, I wanted more than anything to be a celebrity. I told my mom, you know, I want to get into acting. I want to be an actress. I want to be on TV. I want to be famous. I want to be a celebrity. And I think we take for granted what we have. You know, you look at all those people, whether they're celebrities or not, you look at different people a lot of times and you think, I want to be that person. I want to be like them. When in reality, you want everything they have, but they they want everything you have, which is just a relationship with Christ, which is peace, which is joy, which is self-confidence, which is love, which is all the things that we, by God's grace, are able to embody as we are in the church. For those of us that are in the church, the things that we learn on a day-to-day -day basis, um, being able to grow in God and acquire all these things in our lives. Many people don't have that. And though they have the fame, the fortune, the money and everything we think we want, they really want what we want. And I think we are at a place now where as Christians, we need to rise up and really be the light of the world. Um, um, Pastor Paula White came to my church a couple weeks ago for a conference we were having and she was talking about shaping the culture of society and she talked about how right now um, culture is being shaped and Christians are fitting into it but um, it ought to be that Christians are shaping culture and the word and the world is is um, accustoming to it if that, yeah that's the word accustoming to it um, and it really spoke to me because Basically, that's what the Bible tells us to do, you know, and I think um, one area we get it wrong where we miss it as Christians, which I'm also guilty of, um, is a lot of times we try to build our relationship with God and that's all we focus on. That's all we focus on. Us and God, us and God, us and God. We're so worried about building up with God that we forget to build out with people. And if we look at Jesus, the person that we represent because we are Christians, representative of Christ and we look at his life his ministry none of it was about building with God which okay let me backtrack <laughs> before y'all come for me um of course he spent time praying and spending time with God and he knew that his purpose was assigned by God and everything he was doing was for God but the majority of his ministry was building out was building with people was bringing them out of bondage out of darkness showing them the truth being the light in that time most of his ministry was talking to all types of people and was sharing with them the truth which he knew very little of it was spent in a synagogue which they had at the time or in a church just praying and listening to the word no he was going out and spreading the word and what christians we do nowadays 
is we operate under we operate under this term which i like to call um <laughs> spiritual fat because we sit in church and we learn everything and we do all the devotion plans and we talk bible with our friends and we read our bible and we watch sermons and we do everything that we're supposed to do and we grow in spirit and we build our spiritual muscles and we build our faith muscle we uh, we build our faith muscles jesus <laughs> and and we grow in the spirit, but then we just sit on it. We don't exercise everything we've grown. We won't take the time to go out and evangelize. We won't take the time to win a soul for Christ. We won't take the time to step out and do a podcast or a TV show or utilize our gifts in any ways to be the light. If you're creative, you can do something creative. You can paint, you can start a clothing, you can, uh, you, wow, today? You can paint, you can start a clothing line. You can, if you're a musician, you can sing christian songs like there's so many things you can do with all your gifts to be the light of the world to plant seeds to win souls and to spread to plant seeds to win souls to spread truth and to win people out of bondage but we don't do that we worry about ourselves and building up with god and just trying to get to heaven so we fail to bring other people along on our journey and i think that really needs to stop because obviously people are dying like people are dying they're dealing with stuff so much so that they they get to the point where they want to take their lives and if we have the answer we have the solution we have the truth it's up to us to go out and win those people out of bondage you know you look at the disciples and you know i didn't come to preach today we just having a conversation but you look at the um disciples and and um after jesus had taught them and walked with them for three years he didn't tell them to go sit in church and and, and, you know, try to get to heaven or do anything. He sent them out. He said, go out and make disciples. I don't know the exact scriptures, but you, I don't know the exact scripture, but you know the one. Go out and make disciples. Go out and spread the gospel to all corners of the earth. He sent them out. After they had learned everything that they need to learn, the next step, the next stage was to go out and win people, to win more souls. But I feel like we're all just stuck at that stage of learning. We've learned and learned and learned. And of course, there's always more that you can learn. You never stop learning. But we've learned enough now that we're able to stand and we're sustainable on our, cell, on our own. But then that's it. We just chill like, okay, we done. And that's where complacency and familiarity comes into comes in and all that back and forth comes in. But instead of us going out and actually spreading the gospel, we we kind of just sit there and become fat. So, um, you know, it's never good to be fat. You don't want to be fat. You need to exercise, work out. I've been doing it in the physical. It's time to do it in the spiritual, y'all. So let's um, work out and exercise everything we've learned and go and be the light. And that's sort of what Luminous is about and where it comes from. But um, of course, for more information, just go on my blog, which will be in the description box and you can click on that luminous tab and read all about what it is. But like, we're about to get it popping. Just know that luminous is about to be popping. Like I'm talking luminous apparel. Did y'all see the apparel? For those that follow me, do y'all see the apparel though? I got a couple little, I got a couple more little surprises up my sleeve, but you just, you just wait on it. Just know that we keeping it lit. Just now. Okay, so today I really just want us to have a conversation. I don't want to do too much. We just talking. Um, today's topic is about relationships. And um, for those that follow me on social media, you know I've been doing my surveys. 
Um, for those that don't, that are not a part of the Gram fam, you should be because we we have surveys every week where I get into your mind and we talk about different things and the things that we're going to talk about um, on the podcast, just so I see where people are going. So we started a new segment this week, which will be a part of this episode, which is exciting. But um, yeah, we're going to talk about relationships. And um, I really wanted to talk about relationships because is it just me or do people get cute in the summer? Like, I know it can't just be me. I have been walking past people all year and never looked back once, but all of a sudden, you kind of cute. Do y'all feel me? Or not? Nah? Like, I don't know. I mean, it's so weird. In the summer, people just get attractive. Like, the same people, you know, it's not even like new people, the same people that you've been seeing, the same people that you've been seeing, but all of a sudden, it's like, oh, wait, you have a nice smile. I, I didn't know that. Or maybe we'd be like, whoa, did you always have dimples? Sir, let me find out you got muscles under that shirt. Let me find out. Let me find out. But all in all, people just sort of get attractive in the summer. And (laughs) I'm telling you, that's how it starts, y'all. You just start noticing that people are cute. And then all of a sudden, y'all start messaging each other once in a while, checking up on each other. Then you start to talk in every day. Then all of a sudden, you tagging each other in funny Instagram videos. The next thing you know, you chilling in a car and boom, things get escalated. And don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with love or relationships, but as people that are enlightened and as people that understand what purpose is and we're purposeful and purpose beings, we know that we just cannot do some of the things that other people be doing. Like, even though somebody's looking kind of cute and, and, and that video may be funny, we know that sometimes we just, we, we just can't because y- y- there's purpose, you know? I think one of the major things that people need to realize is as people that have committed to a walk that understand who they are and who they're going to be and understand that we are intentional and purposeful, you need to know that sometimes you need a curve in the name of purpose. Amen. That's a word, somebody. You need to curve in the name of purpose. That's that's a word. Sometimes you need a curve in the name of purpose. It doesn't matter how cute and what muscles they got under that shirt. But sometimes you you need you need to take a step back and think, is this purposeful? And that's why I really want to make sure that we're talking about this because one of the ways that the enemy trips us up, the one of the ways that he takes us off course, one of the ways that he offsets us and distracts us from purpose or takes us off the road of purpose is through relationships. Something that we think is so harmless, something that we think is innocent can get escalated real quick and even sometimes he'll send counterfeits or people that look like they fit the mold of where you're going and who you ought to be with so that you think you're with the right person but in reality even though they're a good person they're not the right person for what God has planned for you and what he set out for you because if you understand who you are in Christ and that he made you for a purpose, you know that there's a specific thing that he needs you to do on earth. And to fulfill that role, there's a specific partner that's going to help you get there either by pushing you, by aiding you, by, you know, just, just being hands off, but, but, um, holding down the fort while you're doing what you're doing. Um, it, 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 it's, it's very, but, 
regardless, it's very critical that you, you end up with the right person, not a good person, not a acceptable person, but the perfect person to, to fulfill your purpose. And the Bible talks about good, acceptable and perfect will. And we'll get into it a little more later, but you want to end up with the perfect will of God for your life, because that's the person that's going to make your fulfilling your assignment Um, more easy. And um, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, you're going to need to stop here and go back to season one, episode five, um, God's plan part one with pastor Kofi Darte, where he talks about purpose and assignment and fulfilling your calling. And he dives a little bit into purpose partners there as well. So if you don't know what I'm talking about at all, make sure you go back and listen to that episode just so you have the foundation. Then you can come back and hear everything I got to say. But anyways, um, just building upon that and understanding that you need to find the perfect person and you want to always be in the perfect will of God, you need to be intentional about who you're dating, who you're spending time with, who you're courting, who you're considering in um, your decision making. You know, my pastor says something all the time. He says, the most important decision you make in your life is salvation. And then the second one is who you marry relationships are like elevators they either bring you up or take you straight down and it's so true after your salvation you're saved the next the next the next most important thing is who you marry because if you marry the wrong person you will totally miss out on purpose you may not achieve purpose or you may not fulfill everything that god has called you to do but when you marry the right person there'll be a perfect fit for everything that he set out for you because he knew you before you he before he knew you because God knew you before he formed you he knew what you would need he knew you not only who you are now but he knows who you will become he knows who you have he has set you out to be so he has made a perfect he has made a person that is tailor-made and perfect in that to fit with you and Again, for context, you can go back to episode two, Tie the Knot, um, where we talked a little bit about um, what, um, where we talked a little bit about women proposing and why I think it's a mess. But um, I think I dived a little bit into how um, we ought to be picking our partners and I'm not going to do it here. So go back and listen to that episode as well and see um, the the nuggets that the Holy Spirit dropped on us on what we ought to look for. That's episode two of season one, Tie the Knot. But anyways, today I want to talk for those of us that have already learned, for those of us that have already listened to the past episodes, we have the foundations and we know what we ought to be looking for. But girl, sometimes it's hard. It's just hard, you know, you, you, you know, you, you feel like I'm ready. I want somebody and you see somebody and they kind of find and they go to church and you got all these questions. Do they fit? Do they not fit? I'm talking to y'all today. Today we are going to talk about courting, dating, and the importance of waiting. Um, <laughs> it's funny. I have a blog called that. It's, I think it's my first blog I ever wrote. Um, when I started my blogging journey in like 2012 or 2010 or something like that. So there's a blog on the blog, which you can check out called Courting, Dating and the Importance of Waiting. But just building upon that and what we know now, I want us to have a little conversation. So let's talk about it. Wow, that's like 20 minutes in where we got the let's talk about it, eh? 
Okay, so a few things have changed since the last time we've been around here. We now have a new segment called Talk Back. And Talk Back, I'm really excited about it because um, it's, it's, a seg- it's a part of the show where I share with you what people had to say in regards to our topic of the week. Um, you know, I like I said before, I'm pretty interactive on Instagram. I like to include everybody into what we're about to talk about, see where people's heads are at, see what people are thinking, so I know how to sort of how to frame the episode so I know what to hit and what not to hit, so I know what to talk about and what not to talk about, and I know um, more of the needs of people so I can cater, you know, adequately. So... For talk back, um, I'm going to be doing, well, I've already started, but I'm going to be continuing to do um, weekly surveys on the brand Instagram page. Again, that's the brand Instagram page, not my personal page. I told you all my personal page will be reserved for pictures of me, of Hershey, and Bay. But the brand Instagram page will definitely have surveys where people can talk back and um, give their opinion and sort of chime in on the talk back question of the week. So knowing that I had something to, knowing that I wanted us to talk about dating, I had a talkback question. Are y'all ready for this talkback segment? Let's get into it. Okay, y'all. So it's time. We are about to get into the talkback question. The talkback question of this episode. The talkback question is the part of the episode where my followers get to chime in, get to talk back on um, a topic, on whatever topic that we are discussing for that week. You know, this week's topic is dating. So I had to hit up Instagram and see what people had to say. The talk back question of this week is, is there a difference between dating, seeing each other and being in a relationship? Let's see what people had to say. Anna Abna, Anna Abna says, seeing each other, there is no commitment yet. You are getting to know each other to see if you want to take things further. I feel like there's a very fine line between dating in a relation, dating and in a relationship where dating is you have gone on one to five dates, but the guy hasn't officially asked you to be his girlfriend or be exclusive, which I think is very necessary. And being in a relationship means the guy has made it clear that you guys are committed and exclusive and you're working towards something long. I feel you girl. I do. Underscore Petra says, seeing each other is getting to know each other without a clear condition or goal set, but an acknowledgement that there is chemistry. You're allowed to see other people in this stage. Dating is choosing one another to get to know each other for the purpose of getting into a relationship, not necessarily committed to them. And in a relationship is committed and exclusive to one another. I do feel you, girl. Uncreative says, I would say dating and seeing is I would say dating and seeing each other is more or less the same, but I feel like seeing each other means more of don't want anyone else to talk to that individual, but you aren't exclusive. And in a relationship, people know that you are taken. Okay. Okay. Here we have a male response. You know, we got to see what the male say. Berima the boy says dating is a stage where you assess each other. Relationship is the advanced stage of dating, meaning after assessing each other, it's the process where you help each other in areas of lack and where there is more affection shown. Seeing each other is platonic. 
Etienne Laborde says, dating is collecting foundational info about a person. Come on, girl. Seeing each other is a mutual decision that you want to be, that you want to see where things go with this person. And in a relationship is where you see yourself being with this person, building with this person and taking things to the next level in commitment. Okay. Okay. Underscore Peggy Peg underscore Osei says, to be honest, I think God's standard is courtship and marriage. People in the Bible didn't even court. The word sees them as different terms because people date casually and just know someone, but they're the same thing if the intention is marriage, if that makes sense. Yes, it does, sweetie. And that is where I want to coast today. But let's see what other people say. CC underscore XO says seeing each other is just occasionally going out. Dating is doing that, but with one person. Relationship is where the official mark hits. Olga writes says seeing each other and dating are pretty much what you do when you're still deciding whether or not you like someone. Relationship is what you do when you decide you like him and his mother. Come on, that's a word. Text to give. And you can envision your life intertwined with his. I like that. And his mother. That is a word. At Phoebe Ampah says, there shouldn't be a difference. It should all be the same. But society says yes. All right. And another male jumps in here. Archie underscore Richie says, I'll consider dating and seeing each other the same. Dating is just like friendship, studying the person without his or her knowledge. That means you date more than one person at a time, but relationship is like a mutual thing between two. There were a lot of other talkbacks, but I simply cannot talk about every single one. So that's where we're going to end it off today. But I do love what Phoebe and Peggy said about it should be the same thing if the intention is marriage. And to be honest, that's how I feel about the whole thing when it comes to dating, seeing each other in a relationship. I feel like they are the same thing. I don't feel like there's a difference. I know. I know. Let me tell you why, though. (laughs) Let me tell you why. For me... The way I see relationships, the way I see how things ought to be done, I I don't want a man to just see me and be like, oh, she's cute. Let me try to talk to her and see where things go. I'm not a let's see where things girl type. I'm not a let's see where things go type of girl. I have my life figured out. I know where I'm going. I know my purpose. I know what I want to do. I know what God has called me to do. I know basically what I need to do to get there because I have an amazing spiritual father who's leading me and guiding me and I don't have time to waste. I don't have time for little pit stops. I don't have time for let's see where things are going to go because I'm not an ugly girl. So if we do where thing, let's see where things are going to go. I can see where things are going to go with about five, six, seven men. And I'm not going to be the girl that men can be like, oh yeah, I dated her. I dated her skirt. <laughs> you dated who? No, you didn't. I, 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 I refuse that. I don't want to be, oh yeah, Teresa, I dated her. OT, yeah, yeah, we went out. No, I'm exclusive. I'm exclusive, honey. There's not a, I dated her or we went out. There's a, I wish I could have dated her or I was looking at her, but you can never say that you dated me. I actually pride myself on the fact that a a whole bunch of people can't say that they dated me. I'm exclusive. You can't like, no. mm -mm. So when I think about and when I pray about the person that marries me I want it to be 
an intentional process. First of all, I believe again in perfect will. So I believe that, you know, God will speak to the person and let them know that this is the person that I have chosen for you. So this whole dating, seeing each other and being in a relationship thing is kind of skipped in that sense. I believe that there there should be a period of stillness where he's watching, where he's watching the woman, which would be me. I'll use myself in this example. He's watching me from afar or just and just seeing how I live my life. He's gathering info just with his eyes. What does the Bible say? Watch and pray. Do y'all read it? Watch and pray. So as he's praying to God about a woman that he has seen that he's interesting, what is he doing? He's watching. There's a lot that you can pick up just from watching people, especially when they don't know they're being watched. Because when people know that they're being watched and they know that you're dating and you're or you're seeing each other or there's interest, that's when they give you the best version of themselves. And that's that's when a lot of things are hidden from you because they're trying to get picked, they're trying to get wifed or whatever the situation is. So they put on their best impressions and that's where you'll miss things. But when you're just watching and praying and they don't know that they're being watched, it allows you to see how they act in their natural habitat. So there's no surprises. So if you are not into super loud girls and every time you see her, she doesn't know she's being watched or considered and she's loud and she's screaming and she's doing whatever she wants, then you can be like, oh, hmm, okay, you can take note of that. But if she knows that you're watching and she's a loud girl and she knows you don't like loud girls, then she'll be quiet. But eventually that loudness will surface and that's where you'll have arguments. Do y'all feel me? So when, when I think and when I pray about the person that's going to marry me, um, I want him to have, be intentional enough to have a watching period where he's watching and praying and watching and praying and watching and seeing how this girl lives her life and what she does and how she interacts with people and how she interacts with her friends and how she interacts with her family and how she responds to situations without knowing that she's being watched. If I pass that quote unquote test for him and he feels like, yes, from what I've gathered by just watching, I want to take things to the next level. That is when he begins to befriend me. In this stage, he is strictly platonic. He's being a friend and seeing how I relate to him as a friend. Friendship is important in a relationship. I think it's really important Um, when you just jump straight into the loving part and you, you miss out on the friendship, it'll cause problems down the line. Eventually, your kids will leave the house and it'll just be you and your husband and, and that love will go stale. Things will start dropping and, 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 and you know, body starts exp- body parts start expanding and you don't look the same as, as, as you, you used to look and there's arguments and a lot that comes with marriage. So to sustain that love and to keep working on that love you you need to be best friends you need to actually have a friendship so I would want him to pursue a platonic friendship a platonic and a well-bred friendship with me and there you can gather more information we wouldn't be seeing each other we wouldn't be dating we would be friends and then from that friendship if he decides yes I still want to pursue this girl and move forward that's when he would say he wants to pursue a relationship then we would automatically be in a courtship um Um, at that point we're already friends. So I don't understand what, what there's no in between to me. We're already friends. So what, 
why are we dating we're dating for what like just to see what things i know you you're my friend so if you want to take things to the next level we would be in a courtship at this point and the purpose of a courtship is with the intent of marriage so i do agree with both phoebe and peggy in saying that there isn't or shouldn't be a difference because i don't see what like dating seeing each all that funny stuff is for what like first of all I'm not going to be the one that's dating multiple guys because I'm exclusive. Sorry. And number two, um, if you're already my friend, there's no seeing each other or dating to see where things go. I think dating only comes into play when it's two strangers, when the person hasn't been intentional about getting to know you, when they haven't started to build a friendship. It's just, boom, I see her. I like her. Let's date. That's where that type of thing comes in. And as people of God we should not be doing that so it's automatically x for us so I do believe that they are the same thing I don't think they're different do y'all feel me now because I know whenever I say I don't feel think they're different people be like what do you mean they're not different how can they be the same but then once you explain it people are like okay 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 I feel you so I hope y'all feel me now I hope y'all see where I'm kind of coming from Obviously, you don't have to agree, but that's where I'm at because I, I just, I feel like men try, try to play us these days and it's just, it's not going to do. Um, but I, I, I really do feel like that watching stage is important. I feel like people take that watching stage for granted. I feel like you should watch and observe a person as a man that you want to pursue for a little bit. You don't just jump up and be like, oh, I want to pursue this woman. Then you just be pursuing everybody. You need to... Study a person from afar. You need to study a person from afar because even when you approach someone, if they're into you, they're going to give you what the best version of themselves. So you need to watch them, watch how they interact with people, how, watch how they respond to situations, watch how, watch what others say about them. You obviously you can't listen to what everybody says, but, uh, generally you can understand, you can get a good measure of who a person is by what people say, how a person carries themselves, how people view them is, is, is generally a good measure of who they are. So you ought to take that watching stage very critically, watch the person from afar before you even decide to become friends, before you even move to the pursuit stage, you don't just jump up and decide you want to do something. I live my life and it really really helps me because you know a lot of my guys friends have told me that guy their they like their boys have said you know your friend Teresa she's real cute I, I like I would love a girl like her but she she's that that church stuff is too much for me and I'm like thank you thank you because you have like I I know a, a lot of girls don't like that a lot of girls are afraid that when they 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 get into the church thing guys are not gonna talk to him but i'm telling you it's the best thing ever it does the filtering for you you don't have to waste your time with these niggas i personally like that i like when a guy feels like the church thing is too much because you have just shown me you do not have the capacity to wash me with words so automatically it's a no for me but even more so i feel like i take pride in guys feeling like they can't get me like i feel like what t you doing a damn thing and that's why I tell girls, that's why I tell y'all, you girls that message me in, in my inbox and you say guys don't talk to you, I feel like that, what? Come on, girl, that you doing a damn thing. I feel like it's a pride, like for me, it's a pride thing when guys feel like they can't get me. Of course you can't get me. What the hell? I'm Teresa Ajma. How can you get me? You think, you think, you think this is a game? No. 
you you can't just have any nigga coming up to you feeling like they can get you. Come on, girl. Put some value on yourself. Know your worth. You mean any nigga, any man could just come be like, oh, I could get her. Come on. Some guys have to be scared. Some guys have to be like, nah, that one, I'm not even going to try it. I can't get her. She She's too much for me. That's how guys ought to feel. That's how you know you do something. To me, I feel like... A guy that feel that knows that he can't get you and, and steps back, I respect him, but I feel like he also respects me because he respects how I live my life and what I'm doing with my life and he knows he can't match it. So he's not going to come and impede and cause any confusion. He's just going to fall back and not do something. So I respect you. Hats off to you, sir, for not coming to ruin my, for not coming to waste my time or interrupt what I'm doing with my life. But also it shows that he respects me. He holds me at a high value and a high standard. He knows that where he's at right now, he cannot match up so he needs to be better girl come on i'm telling you some guys ought to be buckling some guys ought to be buckling when you step into the room you can't be one of those girls that every guy feels like oh her give me two weeks i I, i'm saying it because i i used to be one of those girls I, i there was a point in time when a man bet on me he bet that he bet his friends and my friends Hmm, my friends. He bet his friends and my friends that he could get with me. And he knew that it was going to take a while. It took him about six months. I I, want no two weeks, girl. (laughs) It took him about six months, but he still got me. I'm telling y'all, you ought to be the type of girl that some mans, some mans ought to be buckling when they see you because they know that they cannot get you. That's the type of girl you ought to be. You ought to pride yourself on being that type of girl. He ought to be buckling when you walk into the room, not knowing what to say, stuttering and all. A confident man ought to be shaking in his boots when you walk in a room because he knows that that is bae. He knows that that's the girl that he wants more than anything. And he he's just scared. It don't matter how confident he is. It don't matter how much he has going for him. He's still buckling because damn, like, that's, that's, that's her. That's the type of girl you ought to be. I'm telling you, we about to move into a new we're, we about to move into new realms with sassy and save come on luminous still present sassy and save it's not dead yet we're about to move into new realms i'm gonna teach y'all some things i'm gonna bring in some people to teach us something now nah, we 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 are going to new dimensions you ought to pride yourself on being that type of girl not any man should be able to just come to you come on what you mean imagine i'm here preaching the word, going out, preaching the gospel, letting my light so shine, preaching the gospel every day. And I'm walking around with a man in a jumpsuit, like prison jumpsuit and everything. Now, not to say that, you know, I'm I, not to say that there's, there's, there's something wrong with, <laughs> Ooh, this is hard. <laughs> not to say that there's something wrong with, uh, like, I'm not trying to be judgmental and say like, Oh, I'm better than this person. Oh, I'm better than this person. Their life decisions or whatnot. Like, come on, people make life decisions and different things happen. You, you, you know, you know, you know, I'm just saying if, if I was out here preaching the gospel all the time and I'm walking around with and my man, like my boo is a man that FaceTimes me from the jail cell. He ain't even supposed to have a phone. He snuck it in just to talk to me, how romantic, and we FaceTime and we talking to each other and we bring you, like, wouldn't you be like, sis? Like, you know what I mean? First of all, the man on a match, you're flying. Second of all, you want somebody that's, that you can look at and be like, yeah, that's me. Y'all, trust me. Trust me. Listen, trust me. When I drop my engagement pick and y'all see the man, y'all gonna know that, okay, yeah. Okay, that, that's too sad, man.
Cause but I can't I can't be walking around with no bust out. Come on, I'm preaching the gospel to y'all. I'm teaching y'all. I'm preaching the gospel to y'all. I'm out here telling telling you to be the light of the world. Let your light so shine. Out here doing some real talk stuff. I teach it Tuesdays, Bible trivia and all that. Then I come with some buster that don't even know what book that don't even know how many books is in the Bible. Like I, y'all will not take me seriously. Would y'all take me seriously? Obviously not. So you want somebody that one matches your fly and two, how did I get here? <laughs> somebody that one matches your fly and two represents you properly. You, you ought to let people know that. Yes. People ought to look at you and be like, well done. We, we don't, we, uh, like I said, only Jesus's perception validates true potential. We don't care what people say, but at the same time, you, you want to flaunt a little bit. You, you, you want people to look at your partner and be like, mm, okay, you know that the two of you, there's a boss. Like if I'm out here preaching the gospel, like, you, you, the, the two of you can boss up together and people will be like, damn, power couple. That's where you ought to be. I don't know how I get here. I don't know how I got here. So I'm gonna land and go to the next topic because that's not what we're talking about. Okay. Okay. So being as, um, this is, you know, a Christian millennial podcast, we got to talk a little bit about the Bible and I have chosen, um, different couples for different episodes because I don't think we're going to get to it all in one episode. So I've chosen different couples for different episodes and to talk about in the Bible. And for this episode, my chosen couple is Abigail and Nabal. And their story can be found in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 25. I'm not going to read it all. Go and read it yourself. I hope you take the time too. But yeah, it can be found in 1 Samuel chapter 25. Just a brief synopsis about who they are and how they came to be. Um, Abigail and Nabal are married. They're a couple in the Bible. And Nabal is a wealthy man. And Abigail is his beautiful wife. And, um, you know, Nabal is, um, I guess he's, uh, he um, is into like sheeps and like all that stuff. Like, you know, in the olden time, like they were like shearing sheeps and doing all that type of stuff. Like every, any hustle is a hustle. So that's, that was his hustle. He was like, he was, he was a witch. He was a rich man. He had all the animals on deck and everything. And, um, David at this point has parted ways with Saul and he's returning to the stronghold, which, um, is not like demonic stronghold, which we talked about on the Instagram. So if you was following, you would know what that means. But anyways, um, he's returning back to the stronghold after you know making his vow to Saul and whatnot and he sees that he's about to pass over Nabal's land and he's like oh um he tells his men like oh guys you know we need some stuff like we you know we need to be stacked we need to be equipped right now we don't really got much so you go ahead of me you go tell Nabal like oh you guys are doing your your sheep shearing and everything right now why don't you give us like anything that you can give us he didn't even ask for anything specific actually he said anything that you can give us would be of help do you have anything that you can give us and um, for some background and for com- some context, you need to understand that um, the reason why David felt so comfortable to go and ask is because when Nabal's men, when his army was on David's land and people were trying to attack them, David's people, David's army protected them. So it's kind of like, oh, you remember us? Like we, we helped you when you needed help. So like now we need help. Can you help us back? And Nabal was like, nah, like, nah, I'm not helping you. Why should I give you my stuff? Like, it could be anybody. It could be this. It could be that. And David was like, oh, for real? Is that how it is? Okay, squad up. So David squads up and he gets his whole army and he's like, all right, let's go. We're going to kill them all. And um, the servants end up going to tell Nabal's wife that, listen, your man is a fool. 
<laughs> these guys protect us when we these guys protected us when we needed it and now your man is trying to boss up on them and act like he's not going to help them so they're mad and they're coming to kill us all and the woman um uh goes and saves the day and she um talks to david and calms him down so that they all don't get killed and eventually um nabel dies and the woman abigail she marries david so that's the brief synopsis the ghetto version of the bible synopsis um but you can read it and figure out what really happened but i do want to talk about abigail and nabel because um it's interesting that someone like abigail who's able to you know avert situation that's beautiful she can think on her feet you know all this good quality she had she would be married to a nabel and <laughs> it's kind of um I don't know the word to use but um it's kind of insulting almost because um if you look into Nabal a bit you you would find that he was a Calebite and um some theologians say that you know um the fact that he was a Calebite was the reason that his um like attitude was that from um people that were descendants of um Caleb and that our Calebites had that similar sort of temperament um I don't know I wasn't there so <laughs> I don't know um and I'm not like big time like that yet so I don't know how true that is I guess you'll have to do your own research but um I find it interesting and also insulting on poor Abigail that she would be married to that type of guy because if you read the Bible in 1 Samuel 25 chapter 3 it says that um Abigail was beautiful and intelligent um, it describes her it says that you know there was a woman named Abigail that was beautiful and intelligent and then it says but her husband was surly and mean and as I was reading and as I was studying the Holy Spirit stopped me there um, he actually said that you know th that right there there's a lesson the the Bible says there was a woman her name was Abigail she was beautiful and intelligent but her husband was surly and mean and I was thinking, why would the Holy Spirit stop me there? And then I realized, you know, the fact that her husband was surly and mean has nothing to do with her being beautiful, intelligent. You know, the Bible could simply say there was a woman named Abigail that was beautiful and, and that was beautiful and intelligent and her husband was surly and mean. I find it interesting that the Bible would say, but her husband was surly and mean, because as the Bible is describing Abigail and telling us about who Abigail is it takes the time to point out or highlight that her husband was necessarily the opposite of her if you're introducing us to the character of especially as a protagonist you can tell us about her good qualities without highlighting his bad ones so the fact that the bible takes the time to highlight his bad, bad ones in contrast to her good ones shows us sort of the oxymoron or the the differences in their behavior but also how her husband's character put a butt on hers you know we're introduced to her as beautiful and intelligent and then it's like but her husband was surly and mean and i know you've all been victims at one point of backhanded compliments oh yeah i like your hair but or yeah you lost weight but oh you're cute for a, for a dark skin girl or something like that those backhanded compliments where it's like oh yes this 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 but and I feel like that's what we see in the Bible here it's like oh yeah she's beautiful intelligent but you know who she married um and I think that's a lesson in and of itself of how you ought to pick a partner because you know when you are married to someone who you marry is sort of a reflection of you so 
for the Bible to say you're beautiful and intelligent, but your husband is surly and mean. It's like, oh, you're beautiful and intelligent. So why did you pick a surly and mean man? So that's something to think about when you choose in a partner, you know, choose wisely, folks. I'm telling you, choose wisely. Anyways, um, oh, another thing I noticed when I was reading is that the service, the servants, um, went to rationalize with Abigail and that to me shows that to me speaks a lot because, you know, at the time that this was all taking place, you need to consider that it's not today. It's not 2018 where women are viewed as intellects or viewed as equals. It's, um, back in who knows what time where women are not that respected for the servants to go and even rationalize with Abigail. It shows how much they respect her intellect and it shows how much they sort of respect her respect quote unquote her over her husband because as a servant you ought to serve your master and your master would have been the husband right so the servants should have spoken to the master as the leader of the household not his wife but they knew they knew that you know if they talk to him it's not gonna go too well and it's not even like one of those where it's not gonna go too well because he's mean but like because he's gonna like punish them or anything but they just know that like nah he's not the one like he don't he don't got the sense for that so they went and they talked to someone with the sense so that she can deal with the situation and that speaks a lot to me because as a leader of the household and a man especially like me I consider myself an intelligent woman of course I do but I understand my role um to submit and I understand my role as a helpmate and all that fun stuff which we'll get into in other episodes but um I want more than anything for my husband to be a leader I want him to be the leader of the household I want him to take on that leadership position that's his role I want him to be able to fulfill his role and not servants of course but should there be a situation where something needs to happen or things need to be brought to our attention as a couple I think it's telling of who they speak to and I would for my situation of course want it to be my husband that they speak to because he's the leader he ought to know what's going on and lead us on how to respond not just make and lead, he's a leader, so he ought to know what's going on and lead us on how to respond. Of course, as the helpmate, I would give my input and my opinion, which is if Nabal was wise, what he would have done, knowing that he had a wife, he would have talked to his wife, who is the representation of the Holy Spirit in the relationship, which we'll talk about. But um, he would have talked to his wife and be like, babe, what do you think we should do? They're asking us for some stuff. Should we give them some? And his wife would have came to him with the sense. But no, he decided that he was just going to act by himself, which also shows how he is as a man in his relationship. But, you know, um, yeah, but I would want things to be brought to my husband so that he can lead us. So the fact that things had to be brought to Abigail, who's not necessarily the leader of the household, is very telling. Another thing, um, just backing ha- and, and just backing off that as well. When Abigail did make the decision, she couldn't even tell her husband what she was going to do. She was about to make a move and she couldn't talk to him about it. And, and that was a power move. Like she was taking their stuff. She was taking their food, their livelihood, their provisions. And she couldn't even tell the man. She had to do things behind his back because he lacked discernment. Um, what 
he lacked discernment. And that also is another thing that you ought to not have in a relationship. So if you, you really take the time to line by line analyze their relationship, you see a lot of things that are sort of malfunctionous or uh, that are if that I don't know if that's a word malfunctionist I made that up we're gonna use malfunctionist so that's sort of malfunctionist and contrary to what you know God intends for a relationship first of all the woman is the one with the intellect that has to lead she can't even talk to her husband about things that are going on he doesn't even talk to her when he's making powerful decisions like he just does things and 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 and, and tells her what to do and there's nothing wrong of course like your man you can make decisions by yourself and tell your wife but it, it's nice to include your wife you don't you don't want to be the type of leader that just does things and you follow me you follow me you want to be inclusive um but yeah it just shows how their relationship sort of is and that is the type of relationship you don't want to be in but what pisses me off the most about this whole thing you know is that um neighbor was there acting like he ain't no david and I don't believe that. Let me tell you why. Because everybody knew David. (laughs) David had been anointed by Samuel at this point. So everybody knew that he was about to be the king. He had saved the nation from Goliath in his youth. You mean to tell me that people ain't know that he, that, hmm? (laughs) You mean to tell me nobody knows that, that the whole city was just saved because of this man and nobody knows? No. He also had protected Nabal's men when they needed it. So he's like, Nabal's not smart. He's stupid. And I know that he knew because when Abigail went to go and save the day, she says to him in verse 29, even though someone is pursuing you for your life, which she's talking about Saul. So she knows that Saul is after him. So she knew what was going on so she knew David which means Nabal knew David he can't like I don't know that's a lie he knew who David was he just decided with his lack of discernment and with his lack of sense that he wasn't going to help the man fine if you don't want to help the man that's up to you but like you're stupid because you're putting your whole family at jeopardy and that's another quality that you ought to look at and I feel like that's where a lot of us end up and I feel like that's how a lot of us can end up in these little summer flings when you're looking at people in cuteness. And I'm not saying that Abigail just married Nabal because he's cute because I don't know why she married him. I was not there. But when you look at everything that was brought into the marriage, first of all, he's selfish. He put his whole family and his whole army in jeopardy just because he didn't want to share. He is stupid, which we all know because he lacks discernment. The Bible describes him as being like drunk and stuff like that. He was drinking when she was, when she came back or something like that. You got to read the story to see, but there's so many things that, um, came with Nabal and there's so many characteristics and so many negative qualities that came with him and poor Abigail, who is beautiful and intelligent is married to that. And then she ends up marrying David and I'm looking at the Bible like, oh sis, oh, so you could be pulling kings. You know, David is about to be the king. That's the type of man you can be pulling. You can be pulling future kings and you're married to Nabal. Sis, why? <laughs> and that is real telling. Like, what you mean? You can be pulling the future king and you're married to Nabal. Don't sell yourself short, sis. And that is um, 
something we ought to think about because I feel like a lot of us end up as Abigail with our little summer flings and things like that because we we either don't know where it is that God has taken us we we don't wait for his perfect will we don't seek his counsel and our decision making or whatever the reason may be but we end up beautiful and intelligent women or men um, it goes both ways with fools as partners you don't want to be that person y'all you don't want to be that person and 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 that's why we're doing this series to bring awareness and enlightenment to all of us to keep us um to keep us in remembrance that when people try to move to us that we're purposeful beings and we we can't end up in messy situations like my girl abigail we ought to curve in the name of purpose and know that Nah, because if he was surly and mean, I I do believe that he was surly and mean in the initial stages. I don't think that you just pop up being surly and mean. I believe that these are all things that you can see when a person approaches you, pursues you, is dating, seeing, or whatever it is y'all are doing with you. And it's all things that you need to be mindful of. Is he selfish? Does he include me in decision making? Does he tell me about things? You know, these are all things that you ought to be looking at. That's why my girl Tian said in her talk back response, it's collecting foundational info. Those are the type of things you ought to be looking at. It's not just, let me find out you got muscles under that shirt. It's not just, oh, you got a nice smile or, oh, you got dimples. My kids, you got nice hair. It's the important things. Are you selfish? Do you share information with me? Do you include me in decision-making? Even in like the 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 courtship or the dating or whatever y'all doing stage there are decisions that can be made with both people does he include you or does he just make it and bring you along those are all things you ought to look at so you don't end up like my girl abby beautiful and intelligent but married to a surly and me man like no so um it's 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 very telling and i and i do um and i do encourage you to read the story if you can to read the story and, and you might catch a revelation or allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. You may catch a revelation that that I missed that you can share with me about his character and, and something else that you see. And those are things you can note and jot down to not look for in a partner and to make note of when you notice that in a partner because you don't want that. You don't want to end up like that. You don't, I mean, as a woman, you you obviously people make mistakes and sometimes you gotta save the day but you don't want to save the day like that like that's a big that's a bit like your man should be you know i don't know about y'all but i want like a boss boss like i want the type of dude that like he just he says stuff and he does stuff and it's like mm, yes yes like he just put his signature on everything you know he's generous he's nice he loves the lord with all his heart he you know he he cusses people out when he has to in the name of jesus he blazes people in the name of Jesus, but it's like, that's the type of dude I want. So you don't want to have to be Abigail that's that's saving the day in a big way and you come back and your man is just drunk and partying and doing all types of nonsense. You want somebody that's reflective of you. So um, those are all things to look at. So that is our first couple of this series. Um, I do believe there's going to be three or four episodes. We'll talk more 
as we go along but that's the end of this one i told you i'm going to try to make shorter episodes for the summer i don't want to be going into an hour plus because like it's 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 summer you just know before you maybe could have listened to real talk as you were doing your homework and stuff but now you're trying to go outside you're trying to do what you need to do um don't send now but (laughs) listen to the episode um in a short amount of time take what you need to take and then keep it moving so um yeah it's going to be four parts i hope that i can get them to you in um a, a good consecutive time frame like i said with the job and everything it's going to be difficult but i will try my best i hope you enjoyed this episode stay tuned for episode two coming to you shortly i hope not too long from now until next time keep it lit Thank mm-hmm. you.